In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Hello, and welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin, and this is episode number 96, Bad Bitches. Bad Bitches. So this is a song by Marshmallow and Megan Thee Stallion. Mason is a big Marshmallow fan, I will tell you that. Like the food or the the singer? Oh, okay, great, great, great. Mm -hmm. Well, I want to tell you first, if you haven't heard the song, the lyrics of the song are basically the same line over and over and over again, which yeah. is, are you ready for the bad bitches? And the answer is yes. And it should tell you something that we need a whole song saying it over and over again. You should be scared yes. by the end. Because like, what's the level you're bringing if you have to ask me that many times? Like, no, but really, are you ready? Are you ready? Because I don't think you com- are. I don't think I'm you are. I'm looking at you and you are not ready. I like also that Megan the Stallion breaks in at one point. It's just like, where's the hot girls at? Where the hot boys at? So we're, we're on theme. Yes. Here, you know, on point. Yes. Because if there's one thing that people tune in when they start a broads and books episode they're like where the hot girls at we're like we're right here talking about books (laughs) it's exactly why people turn in i think so yeah 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 for sure so this week we're talking about bad bitches bad bitches that's all there is to it and it's a great theme take it as you will yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) take it as you will well so first off yeah let's think about the word bitch let's let's talk about it let's talk about that word Aaron are you offended if someone calls you a bitch um not anymore mm-hmm. I think I used to be like I think I did too there's something unlikable about me or something and now usually if someone's calling me a bitch it's because they didn't like something I did and usually right or wrong I'll stand behind what I did so mm-hmm. I guess whatever and sometimes actually someone calling me a bitch feels like I've accomplished something right like oh yeah yep 
Yeah, I am in your head, aren't I? Well, remember when Tina Fey said on SNL's Weekend Update, like, bitches get shit done. Yes. And people get mad at bitches for that reason. Exactly. Yes. I always, in the past, I didn't like it because I felt like then I was being too much. Right. Like, right. you know, like, oh, God, I'm, I'm breaking outside of what I should be doing. And yeah. now I realize it's much more about the person calling you a bitch. Yes. Than it is about you. It's right. that person trying to make you feel small. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And sometimes it almost is sort of like a... Like a point of pride for me now. Like, oh, yeah. am I? Am I? Am I? Yes, You're I damn am. right. <laughs> yeah, I am a bitch. And how would we define bad bitch versus just bitch? Well, I feel like sometimes you did like you're just being a bitch. Like yeah. there's a difference or like I feel like there's a connotation sometimes that happens when you do get something done and somebody yes. else doesn't like it or they perceive that they should have done it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes this tends to be male, more more male energy. You, you say so? Yeah. 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 Like I, I, th- you know? I agree. Uh-huh. So I don't think that they say you're a bad bitch. I just think that that's more the feeling that I'm getting from it. Like, oh, yeah, you don't like what I just did, did you? Because I did it better than you. I did it faster than you. Because I know what I'm doing, bitch. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think Lizzo helped us take that term back. Yes, yeah. 100% that bitch. I'm not always 100%, but I think that's part of being a bitch. I know when I'm not 100%. Yeah. Today I might be 75% a bitch. That's right. And that's okay. And that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. I will get to Lizzo point where I can bring my 100 all the time. And some, yeah, I mean, some days... It's not going to have it. We'll get there, Lizzo. We promise. Yeah. Don't be disappointed in us. We're getting there. In fact, I lied before. Some days I'm like 10% that bitch. <laughs> like, I barely have that. Some days I'm a point zero yeah. zero. Sometimes my zero. big toe is that bitch, and the rest yeah. of me is like, we're nothing. <laughs> we got nothing. Some days my uterus is just controlling it, yeah. and so I don't feel like a bitch at all. No. My body's like, I can't match that big toe energy. <laughs> Precisely. Yes. Yeah. Precisely is the best response. Okay. So, I mean, this is kind of on topic, a bad yeah. bitch. Like, sometimes I think of like a fight situation. Absolutely. So, have you ever been tempted to learn the skills necessary to defend yourself in a physical way? First off, I want to know what the name of that move you just I did don't was. Know. <laughs> it was just like arms flailing. Aaron's martial arts. <laughs> If I could take your martial arts, Uh yes. What I end up doing is because, yes, I think about this all the time. Mm. I have taken karate classes in the past. Get it. But here's where I'm at in the last 10 years or so. I get real excited. I look up a local class for, you know, jujitsu or kickboxing (laughs) or something. I am excited. Muay Thai. I'm ready to go. I thought that was a drink. Then I reach out to the gym, I set up a day for orientation, and then I ghost on that day. (laughs) Because here's why. I love the idea of it, but I hate groups. Mm -hmm. I hate activities. Mm -hmm. I hate pairing off. I hate the entire awkwardness of the whole class. And other people don't experience this, but I do. I get so worked up by it, so anxious by it, that I'm just like, oh, God. Oh, God, I can't do that. Oh, my God. Yeah. So it's a repeated pattern mm-hmm. where I think, yeah, I'm going to be Sydney Bristow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to be the bride from Kill Bill. Mm-hmm. And then when it comes to the day, I'm like, yep, nope, nope, no, not going to do it. But, you know, if I could be 100% that bitch for yes, a minute. please. It could also be a way that you're getting a little bit of gratification in your life. Like, I'm going to do that. And then that day you're like, guess what? I'm not going to do that. <gasps> That's a good point. Because how good do you feel in that hour when you're supposed to be there? I feel... Well, at first I would feel ashamed. More and more I feel elated. Like, I don't have plans. I can go take a nap. Yeah. Like, I'm not doing it. I'm just not doing it. Yeah. Nope. 
Yeah, I used to feel like down on myself, like, why do I keep doing this? And now I just know it's just part of me. Yeah. I hate all this shit. It just is what it is. I just want it to be like the Matrix where they upload the programming into my head mm. so I don't have to actually learn it. It mm-hmm. just is there. And then mm-hmm. I'm automatically a Kung Fu master. Yes. But until we get there, I'm just going to keep ghosting. Yeah, I think that's fair. <laughs> I, I, I fully support your decision to ghost. Erin, mm-hmm. when do you feel... The most badass, and when do you feel the least? It's actually kind of combined. Okay. Okay. So usually when I like work out something, this is usually work related. Like I solve a problem, or oh, yeah. I feel like I kind of put someone in their place. Like, no, that is not how this is going to go. Like, mm-hmm. this is how this is going to go. I always like have that moment. Where I'm like, yeah, took care of stuff. And then I also have naturally because it's built into my DNA. I have that moment where I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have acted like that. Oh, God. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. then I have this moment where I like picture myself kicking th- down a door and then immediately my ankle hurts. Like, <laughs> ah, I shouldn't have done any of that. <laughs> I should have stretched before yeah. I was. A yeah. Badass. Stretching is going to solve the problems <laughs> that I have with kicking down doors. That's so true. Yeah. There is that moment of like, God damn, I showed them. And they're like, oh, God. Oh, God, they're going to hate me. Yeah. Yeah. Even mm-hmm. though I despise this person yeah. usually. Yeah. Yeah. That's I, our terrible female socialization mm-hmm. coming up again. It is. And I don't like it. No. Because sometimes you just have to. You have to kick down it. that door. Yeah. Even if you have a hurt ankle yeah. afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. I can give you a small example oh, let's of hear something it. that happened in the last week. Yeah. So uh, we had an outing for a company. We had to sponsor something. And another competitor of ours happened to be there. And they came through and they asked if they could take ice out of my cooler for his individual drink. Get your own damn and ice. And I was like, there's people around. So I was like, sure. And then I just very awkwardly stared at him while he was doing it. And then I was like, I mean, I let other people pee in there. <laughs> And he had no idea what to do with that information. Like, he took the ice and he was just kind of looking at me and, like, walking away. But also kind of had that look like, oh, like, how distasteful. But I, in my head, I was like, I hope the whole time you drink that, you wonder You're if it's wondering, urine. You're wondering, is that urine? Yeah. yeah. Is that urine? The and it was just, urine? like, a personal moment. And I really, like, for that minute, I could have kicked a door down. And then, like, 20 minutes later, I was like, was that kind of immature? Like, that was kind of low. But here's the thing. If a guy had done that, he wouldn't think, was that immature? Yeah. Was that low? He'd yeah. be like, yeah. Oh, oh, oh yeah. Yeah, oh. yeah. Yeah. So as we've said before, we need to better go through life with the confidence of a mediocre white male. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I admit, you know, maybe not my finest moment, but man, I enjoyed it at the moment. Yeah. I really did. That's I really perfect. did. Yeah. Because also there was something about the audacity of asking me for ice that right. sort of felt kind of, there's other people around, so I was kind of not in a position to be like, no, it's keeping our drinks yeah. cold. Would you say that this uh, company is your nemesis? Yes, on in, in, in a way, yes, very much so. I kind of like having a nemesis. They've undercut us on quite a few things, oh. like purposely found out things and then like, <gasps> yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. They deserve your full ire and urine-soaked ice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I also really despise their branding and logo, so I felt like it was a win that I didn't say, your logo's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) I felt like that was a win. I just went with urine. (laughs) When you're dealing with a mediocre white man... Middle school humor. It's that's It'll where get you get. Far. Yeah, that's It'll where you go. Far. Yeah, because he's far. not going to care about the logo. No, he's going to be like, "What? What's a logo?" He's going to care if his ice <laughs> has the taste of ammonia. Yeah, 
Yeah. I need to ice down my mixed drink I have. Like, what? Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. You're not drinking right if it's got this, it's gotten warm. (laughs) Yeah. Just saying. Man up. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I would never say that. That was a little, just in context. Right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Okay. Before we move on. Yeah. I I do want to point out one thing. Because I thought of it immediately. Because you came up with this great song idea. Yeah. Talking about Megan. Yeah. And Megan the Stallion is a bad bitch. The Stallion. So she got shot in the foot. I don't know if you remember this. Yeah. Refused to say who did it. And when was this? Was it last year? I think it was like last summer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe last spring. Yeah. Refused to say who did it. Right. Okay. Then this person decided to write a rap song, like he was a rapper, and claimed that he didn't do it. So she's been silent about it. Then he comes out with a song, and then she's like, oh, no, no, no. Okay, now wait a minute. Wait a minute. I wasn't going to rat you out because I didn't want the police presence i didn't want all of that but you can't go around making money off the fact that you didn't do it and why did you even bring it up when i'm not yes, bringing it up that's it yeah like, why'd you bring it up so then she was just like yeah no it happened but like mm-hmm. in a super low-key like yeah no that happened but just won't yeah. really say anything else about it and i can't i mean i think that might be the most badass move ever yeah but is that the way you would handle it i probably would have been very intimidated by the whole thing yeah you know i mean you shot me in the foot you shot me in the foot I'm still maybe a little bit of scared of you. Yeah. Did I say a scared? A scared. I, th- I think it works. You know what yeah. I mean. Yeah. 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 I, I applaud her mm-hmm. for real because, yeah, I think I would be afraid. I think I would be so just aghast at the audacity of the dude. Yeah. That it would take me a while to figure out what to do. Yes. I love that, A, she recognized that she had the power to take back this narrative mm-hmm. and be like, uh-uh-uh, you're not going to spread shit about me. Mm-hmm. That's not true. Mm-hmm. And that she went ahead and did it. But also that she decided she didn't have to share the story in the first place. This was her story to tell. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I I don't think that it's ever really been clear what the context of it was. If it was an accident. If it wasn't. I I kind of think post story as it came out that it sort of gave the idea that maybe it wasn't entirely an accident. Right. I I do like. Because I I am one of those people that believes that revenge is a dish best served cold. Oh, God, yeah. I don't think you should see it coming. Yeah. And I love the psychological warfare with it. Absolutely. And I think she's a much bigger person than I am. Because what I would have done is stayed silent, but then reminded that person every day (gasps) that I have this sort of story in power. So... What are you doing about that? Yeah, what are you going to do today? With this? Ooh. What have you brought to my feet today <laughs> to lay before me? Because I don't know if you remember, you shot me you in the foot. You shot my foot. You shot me in the foot. And I don't know if you noticed, but I am a badass. Seriously. I am everywhere. Seriously. I have, this is I've my got moment. Some star power. You, not so much. Not so much. So. Also, if you're trying to get street cred as a rapper by shooting Megan the Stallion in the foot. The, bad move, buddy. Bad, bad move. Bad move. You need to fire your PR team. <laughs> so in short, she's a bad bitch. So I love much. what she did. I wish that I would have the presence of mind and capability to do the same thing. Yes. But I'm really liking your idea as yeah. well. Yeah. But I, just, I also yeah. recognize her taking back the narrative, I think, was really important. But it's also a sad statement. It is. That she had to think about the bigger picture. Yes. Over... You know, being able this to is just what say this always, is what happened. This is what we always have to do. Any mm-hmm. kind of assault, we have to think, oh, what's this going to do to the other person? Right. Yeah. He was such a promising young rapper. Uh, mm-hmm. Ugh. Ugh. 
And not to say that there aren't other dynamics at play there, but yeah, 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 for sure. Just taking on face value. I mean, I mean, it's a great story to lead us into bad bitches because she is a bad bitch. She is, and we are aspiring to be one hundred percent bad bitches. Yes. Yeah. I don't want to get shot in the foot. (laughs) No. Okay. No, I don't want. I don't want that to happen either. That doesn't doesn't have to be a prerequisite. I hope not for bad bitchery. I hope not. Yeah. I just, <laughs> sorry, I was just looking at my notes and I just realized that I said my notes at the top say bad bithes. <laughs> I was like, that's not a word. And I was like, what was I trying to write? Bitches. But Bitches. Bithes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You forgot to see. Bad bithes. Bad bithes. And that sums up me right there. <laughs> Can't even say the word. That also reminds it. me of just looking at your notes and be like, what the hell is this? I don't understand. What did I Like when write? I leaned to you once and I said, my notebook just says cat. And I don't know why. What what was this from? Why why did I just write the word cat? It was, that was amazing. And I looked down. And it was and it was sideways. It was. It wasn't on a line. It, it was just sort of off, like cat. Right. And I'm like, do you need another cat? Oh God, no. That's not. Was that a reminder? I don't know that you were supposed to do something for a cat. It wasn't specific. I mean, it also wasn't plural. No, it wasn't. It just said cat. <laughs> It was also, oh, which boy. is odd for you because I know you, it was also like randomly on a page in your notebook, which is not your style. No. You are in order. You're yes. very organized. You're very, like, your notes are very well documented. There have been times when I've tried to, like, because, you know, there's those moments before bed or when you wake up or when you first, or when you wake up in the middle of the night or you first wake up where you have an idea and you try and write it out. Or at least I was trying to do that for a while. Yeah. But each time I would just return back and be like, these aren't words. What? <laughs> What is this? What is this? What was I talking about? So I wonder if I just woke up and wrote cat, cat? on the notebook. It was going to be a great story. It's going to be a great story. And now it's nothing. It's now nothing. it's just a weird moment in your notebook. <laughs> Maybe you should just tear that part out and frame it somewhere. And I people should. People be like, what is that? Is that? You decide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is art. This is art. And this is how you respond to it. Like that invisible statue that sold this week for millions of dollars or something what? i didn't yeah. know about that this, the artist says it's invisible and somebody bought it oh no mm-hmm. i fear for humanity sometimes I'm so afraid <laughs> so afraid i also like want to double back and think about the conversation of whoever bought that and like whoever they go are responsible to whether that's like their accountant or whoever like someone at some point knew that they wrote this check for this amount banker yeah significant other whatever and, and just that conversation yeah like you oh you went oh. through with it i thought that was a joke <laughs> when you sent me that snap i thought that was a joke that's a real step that's you, a real thing? you think that's a real step that's, okay. okay all right okay all right hmm I don't have time to deal with this today, but <laughs> you know what? I, what doesn't make me fear for humanity is some of our picks. I know. I mean, I right? love talking about books. I do. It always restores my faith in it humanity. Does. It does. Yes. Yes. So does the first fiction pick. Okay. Of this episode, which is called and hang on because it's a long title. Oh, oh, okay. Fierce femmes and notorious liars: a dangerous trans girl's confabulous memoir by Kai Cheng Tom from 2016 so let's start with that title okay. it says it's a memoir it's not this is a novel so it's sort of it's part of the sort of reality bending of this oh, book it starts okay. right away okay it's framed as a memoir mm-hmm. but it is a novel and this tells the story of a young chinese trans girl who runs away from a shitty home to a city 
And we're kind of believing that the city is somewhere in Canada. Mm -hmm. And she announces right away the kind of thing that you'll find throughout the book. She announces to the reader that she is filled with bees that signal her anxiety. And she has a ghost friend that she has sexual relations with. And she has kung fu skills from her dad. So she has all of these parts of her that you're like, huh, huh, is that real? Is that real? Is that real? Is it- is it true? Okay, let's let's just go with it. Yeah. Let's see. Right. So once she makes it to the city, she finds her chosen family, who are a group of femmes living in the sort of pleasure district, red light district called Street of Miracles. And they do sex work. They do other work. And our main character learns how to live as her true self. So we meet each of these characters and all are incredibly larger than life. There's Kimaya, who's sort of a guardian angel mother figure for this whole group. There's Valeria, who's known as the goddess of war. There's Dr. Crocodile, who helps the girls in their confirmation surgeries, but is a super creep in exchange. Hmm. Many more characters that you will find in love. But then, when she's in the city, one of their girls, one of their femme friends, is murdered. And so the group forms a vigilante gang, fighting back against the corrupt cops, the violent dudes, the transphobic assholes that frequent the Street of Miracles. And they are called the Lipstick Lacerators. Wow. It's a terrific name. It is. So I chose this book for this theme because these are bad bitches. Yes. And in the sense of bad, because from the viewpoint of religious zealots and transphobes, of course, trans girls are going to be bad. Mm-hmm. But also the sense of bad as badass fighting against the world the way that the world is. Mm-hmm. And as the story goes on, our main character and her group really have to think through like what they're doing. You know, is this violence that they're uh, enacting as the lipstick lacerators, is this justified? Is it sustainable? Mm-hmm. What's it doing to them? Can they ask for something better? Do they have to keep going in this, you know, circle of violence? And so I love that. I love the story. I love that it dabbles along the way with a sort of magical realism. I love that they're, you're never quite sure what's going to happen next. I love that this fuses the real world with, you know, this this otherness, this other reality. And she ultimately, the author, calls this a dangerous story. And to me, that's bad bitch stuff. Yeah. Bad bitchery 101. At its highest. And it's the kind of writing in the books that we love. Amazing. So this is a slim book. You can get through it pretty quickly or you can savor it. <laughs> savor it. Savor it. Mm-hmm. It's delightful. It's bad bitches. I mean, I feel like, yeah, you started us off right. Mm-hmm. It fits. With a long title. I almost want to do a character count because that is a, that's that's a, a long title. ass title. That is a yeah. title. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Well, my pick this week is a, d- a different kind of bad bitch in a way that we often hear women refer to as bad bitches mm-hmm. in kind of a... a boss role oh okay. this is called the herd by andrea bartz hmm. and this was published in march of 2020 so i don't it, this is a obviously came out pre-pandemic or you know it was written pre-pandemic when co-working spaces were on a huge uprise oh. especially female-centered co-working spaces yeah. were kind of having a moment so this is where our story starts enter the herd an elite woman-only workspace in New York that has exclusive membership and a waiting list that is quite long. And Katie is just hoping to get in and probably normally wouldn't be their type. She's just returned from a long assignment in the Midwest. She's a writer, a journalist. Um, But her sister happens to be best friends with 
the lady that started the herd mm. and then one of the other major founders. So she kind of grew up around them because her sister and her aren't that far apart. So she feels like she has an in, like this is going to be no problem. So as she dives deeper into the culture, she realizes that maybe she's a little too close to see the truth of what this group actually is or what is actually going on behind the scenes because there starts to be this vibe of exclusivity to a weird degree and you only can be a certain type of person and there's this need to always be on the top no matter who you step on why do we always gotta fuck up good ideas i know i know because the space itself sounds it's the book opens and one of the spaces has been vandalized which they're trying to figure out how it had to be an inside job because there's it's members only you have to have a code to get in and they have like special different rooms they have like a massage room they have a yoga room they have like a where you can try new makeup room they have all these different things so they're trying to kind of break it down and figure out how this happened and they're the main um person that's running it is she's beside herself because she doesn't want the publicity she's trying to take this whole thing public with an ipo so there's all these things happening and i'll tell you that it quickly delves into a murder mystery which is fascinating but what i loved about this book is separate even from that is just this idea that especially when i think of bad bitches i sometimes i think females get wrapped up especially ones that work their ass off to get to where they are they get this label sometimes that isn't justified Mm -hmm. but then there are people out there they get that label and it's justified and they haven't really done anything to get there yeah and they make The rest of us look bad because they just rise up and they expect this certain amount of glory for that. Mm -hmm. And this is a really interesting look from the inside out about what, how exclusivity can go so wrong. Like it seems great and then it can, you know, take this turn no matter how, what great intentions it started with. Right. This idea of like supporting women, entrepreneurs, like helping them out and then creating this whole system of exclusion and rules. Again, gotta fuck it up. Yeah. Like that Katie's concerned the whole time that she isn't going to get in, even though basically she know, I mean, she's grown up with them. She was in their weddings. Like it should be a slam dunk, but it's just not quite like she's just not quite. They don't think she's quite what they people, you know, want to have there. And they're not sure if they want a journalist at their cocktail hours and, you know so it's this, it takes on this interesting life but i i think that's kind of the magic of it is yeah. it's a very interesting look on the inside and like this could go really right and here's some ways you know that maybe there's some missteps or it went wrong so i enjoyed it for that i think the writing's killer um i loved the actual storyline there's some twists and surprises in there that you don't see coming and what i like about it is that it's focused not on the fact that a woman achieves something and that's what makes her a bad bitch. But it sort of takes the focus back and be like, no, there's times that people just suck mm-hmm. and they maybe need other people to knock them down a peg. Yeah. So, and I like that taking the focus back and not just saying just because this person succeeded, that's why they are one, but because maybe they stepped on a bunch of people to get there. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. I, it was terrific. Was it real good? It was real, real good. <laughs> it was real good. I, you know, it made me think when you said that it started to go into like murder mystery territory, I started thinking about how there's this sort of uh, trope in mysteries and in horror of like the final girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the the one girl left, the, the girl that, you know, fights the killer or whatever and survives. Do we think that's a bad bitch? Or do we think that's just like a, a guy like looking at this and like, let's make a girl awesome by surviving 
horrible this. things. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see what I'm getting at? Yeah, I can get there. I think it's a combo, right? Yeah. And I think that's what's confusing about the term bad bitch a lot is that it is usually a combo. Like, unfortunately women are always going to be in the position that things that they do get labeled as bitchy. Yeah. Even if they're not, even if they're just taking care of business or doing what they need to do. And then there are times that they're going to get that label just because of the circumstances right. they're in. Like, okay, yeah. I, a murderer was after me. I had to run away. Right. Like, and now, you know, I've or got dude with this. a chainsaw was after me and I killed right. him. Yeah. And I just didn't fall into the other tropes of like, you know, running into a locked room so I got killed really easily you know so yeah I think that that's a a difficult you could look at it both ways like they are a bad bitch but then also they're sort of written to be that way and it sort of feels like a a a take on it of like oh look it she survived how cute you know that's it makes me think too of like sometimes when the idea of a bitch or a bad bitch like is I don't want to say co-opted, but sometimes co-opted by a dude, like writing something. It, then it turns into trite stuff like boss bitch and like, That's bitch, what I was ba- gonna you say. know, like yes. that kind of stuff mm-hmm. where it's like almost it's celebrating them, but also denigrating them at the same time. Yes, you know, it's like it's such an anomaly that we have to make a thing like yes. you're a boss lady. Yes. Oh, my God. I hate you know, those two words don't go together. No. I'm a boss and a lady. I don't it doesn't need to be like, yeah. Yeah. put all in one I hate that I that is actually a huge pet peeve or yeah like boss bitch like yes. oh yeah no I don't need no that's not stop a thing. it because then you're making me smaller in some way or you're yes. making me like, like oh what you an know, special yes exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. and when not really... just the norm because you right. would never say can you imagine walking into a guy's office and it says boss man <laughs> you'd be like oh that's weird I just immediately envisioned Michael Scott from the office yeah I mean he yes yes boss asshole like that is on <laughs> right. a plaque dick boss yeah that's not yeah yeah that's not a thing people are like that's not appropriate or funny right but somehow if you are you know it's like world doesn't know what to do with it so exactly. we're just going to give it this title to make it sort of cutesy instead of just saying no it's just a person that's like, in charge of people getting girl. things done yeah working yeah. hard mm-hmm. and ugh Instead of just recognizing that their qualities, no matter of gender, that people can have that put them in leadership roles sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, but we view them so differently and then we, we have to do. make this weird little title. Like, it kind of reminds me of cat lady. Like, just because I have cats and I'm a lady right. doesn't mean I'm a cat lady. Right. Like, and these like days I'm not I'm a just... pillow lady. I have a lot of <laughs> pillows. Nobody's given me a little plaque that says pillow lady. I love pillows because I do. I do love them. Oh my God! You're child right. lady. She collects yeah. childs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, what tomato lady? She <laughs> loves them. <laughs> Why are we adding these things? It's so annoying. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. So I'm just gonna go on owning bad bitch. Yes. As well as cat lady. Yes. And just go for it. Just I say it's we just, just start putting whatever we want in front of lady. <laughs> yeah. Tired lady. Yes. <laughs> Nailed it. Hungry lady. Library lady. <laughs> Loves to read lady. Depressed lady. Crying <laughs> in the shower lady. <laughs> Emotionally unstable lady. I want to see all these hashtags like boss bitch, crying in the shower lady, emotionally unstable. That'd be great. <laughs> Oh, great. <laughs> oh, yeah, that I might actually put that sign. Right. Up somebody gave me that. Yeah. All the others. Nope. Mm-mm. Big negatory. And you know what else makes me mad about that? Hmm. Is because actually when someone, particularly a male, calls you a boss lady or a boss bitch, what they're really saying is you are emotionally unstable yes. lady. 
They yes. don't know what to do. You seem volatile and crazy. Like a little volcano that's going to go off. And it feels so. like the next question is, are you on your period? Right. Yeah. Does anything make you want to claw someone's eyes out more? It, it also comes from that notion, like Hannah Gadsby said in her most recent comedy special, that like dudes don't have hormones. Yeah. Everyone has hormones. Yes. You're yes. making hormones like a, a thing with emotions. And yes. she's like, dudes, you get testy. Yeah. Think about your behavior. Yeah, you're weaponizing hormones yes. that I have no control over. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <sighs> mm-hmm. Can we get back to some bad bitches now? Yes. All right. I'm sorry. That was off track. No, no, no. We Woo. had to have that discussion. Yeah, we did. But now I'm going to gear us back into bad bitchery. Okay, do it. With other genre book, which is Leaving Isn't the Hardest Thing by Lauren Hoff from 2021. This is a book of essays. And I loved this. And I think I mentioned it to you. It's like, holy shit, like you need to read this. So this feels like a voice we don't hear from very often in memoir and nonfiction. Working class gay in the military, spent time in jail, survived the children of God cult. There's a lot, lot going on here. So here's a few examples of essays that appear here. There is, starts off with an essay on Lauren being an airman in the late 1990s and getting kicked out because this is the don't ask, don't tell Mm. era. And she is getting continual threats on her life. Like her car is even exploded, bombed. And exploded. <laughs> I like it better. You know what I mean? yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Her car is even bombed by one of her fellow people, but they blame her and use it as a way to kick her out because they find out she's gay. What? Okay. There's an essay on her being a cable guy for 10 years. The insane people she meets the very super kind blue collar folks who tip her the sexual predators that she meets on a daily basis and what like manual work does to a body you know like how it starts breaking her down and i love that throughout she keeps talking about basically what i remember from 10 years of being a cable guy is always having to pee because she can't pull over on the road and just piss in the bushes like yeah. dudes might, you mm-hmm. know. And she can't, like, ask a lot of these people to use their bathroom because they're creepy as fuck. Okay. Uh, There's an essay on leaving the Children of God cult. Oh, boy. And how she felt like she never really left because for years afterwards, she couldn't find anyone who understood. Oh. It didn't feel real, yeah. you know. But it sort of printed itself on her body because she kept having panic attacks and depression. And there's once she left, you know, she'd never had any schooling. There was no way to like move up in this world where we think, oh, you can just easily move up. Like she, you know, there was nothing for it but to just try and scrounge. Also, the cult itself. Holy shit. Like we've heard of this one as where a few celebrities have come from. Like I think River Phoenix came from this one. Rose McGowan, maybe too. Yeah. This was the uh, uh, sex cult before Nick Sam that involved kids. Real, real dark stuff. Mm. There's another essay on Lauren being a bouncer at a gay club and how there are massive layers of privilege and discrimination where even white gay guys can be super problematic against women, against uh, gay men of color, you know, just really digging into that world. There's an essay on being in jail and solitary confinement and how she digs into how there's really two systems of justice in this country. And so many people there were there because they couldn't afford the bail to get out or they couldn't afford the tickets to, you know, uh, resolve the, the, the penalty. And then there's an essay on dating a Republican woman. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
What's great, too, is, you know, these sound like sort of discrete essays, but they're not. They all build on each other. You know, there's she's always talking about some of the things that she learned from the cult growing up. She's always talking about her her life, you know, just working in manual labor like they all fit together into this, you know, beautiful collection that really inform each other. And it's touching stuff. It's hard stuff, but it is funny, too. She is really funny to read. So I chose it for this theme because I feel like this is the epitome of a bad bitch. Yeah, for sure. She is a survivor. And I think that's one element that we don't think about a lot with bad bitches. But you survive some shit Mm -hmm. and you are stronger for it. I I don't know if I want to say you're stronger for it because that can almost seem cliche. But, you know, you, you, you find ways to become, to make yourself stronger. Right. And she's very honest. She's very vulnerable. There's also another angle that I discovered after reading. So I went on Goodreads to add this. And I discovered there's a very low rating on this book. And I was like, what the hell? Oh, no. So I started looking. Oh, no. And there are so many one-star reviews from people who admitted they didn't even read it. Ah! Just that they didn't like her on Twitter. Oh, no. So I dug deeper, and it looks like when this came out, she made a bad move on Twitter by, like, calling out a specific review and saying, like, they just didn't get it, that kind of thing. The things that you're cautioned against as an author. Okay. Right. She did that, and she enraged uh, people who spend a lot of time on Goodreads and people on book Twitter. And so they actively rating bombed her on Goodreads. And there's some more back and forth on Twitter, which didn't help. So she took a Twitter break for a while. But there's still all these terrible reviews on Goodreads. So I wanted to say that because if you go on Goodreads, if you use that, you might be like, what the hell? Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So shitty, shitty system. Also, you know, I think knowing this background, reading this outside of it, because I think she's such an engaging writer. She's a great storyteller great storyteller and just such a bad bitch for laying it all out there yeah and then pushing past all this stupid goodreads bullshit and i was just gonna say that that's a good thing to bring up about goodreads in general is that i think that and i have that tendency still sometimes um i think we want to justify our feelings a lot we always want to feel like we're not alone in them and so sometimes when i really really don't like a book I'm always looking at the reviews thinking, what did I miss? Am Mm -hmm. I not smart enough to get Mm -hmm. this? What did I not, you know? Or if I really, really like it and other people don't, I'm like, oh, what? And I think we've talked about it before. I think that's part of our purpose with this podcast. You like what you like. You like what you like. If you love that book and everybody else hates it, who cares? You got something out of it. Mm -hmm. And you know what? That author wrote to you. And that is perfect and wonderful and exactly what it's supposed to be. It reminds me of the conversation with A.E. Osworth. We need more books, not yes, less. not less. So you're going to find books you just don't like and other people love them. And that's great. It's if totally we all liked fine. the same books, we're fucked because we're now living in like a communist world <laughs> where we're being told exactly what, what to, to like. like. Yeah. yeah. So it's wonderful that we have variety and we can choose and make our own decisions. It just makes me sad when people use it for that. Makes me so sad. Because there are people that look at reviews. I just yes. always caution you against that because if you really do a deep dive on a good read, sometimes you'd be like, what? There's is so that? much weird drama that has no yes. role in here. It's like yes. these are people that are trying to get their books out into the world and th- this is unnecessary. Yeah. And I know as a Goodreads user, I've used it to kind of keep track of my library. I really skip the ratings unless I really fall in love with a book, then I will give it like a five star review. Otherwise, if I don't like it, I'm not going to rate it. I'm not no. going to review it. Like no. that's just. That's just my preference. Yeah. And, you know, 
I don't know. I know. I use it very personally mm-hmm. as opposed to like, I don't think that anything that I just don't even know. It's not a job I have. You know, I'm not right. writing it's for not my... the New York Times. I don't yeah. necessarily know. We talk about books we like on here. We made a very specific decision to not talk about books we don't like because somebody else might love them. I don't need to take that yeah. out of the realm for you. So enjoy it. Mm-hmm. There's obviously there's one person we've talked about. I don't like Jonathan Franz and I'm talking about you. <laughs> I stand by that. I don't care. But everything else, you know what? Read what you want to read. Do what you want to do. And, and honestly, if you listen to us a lot, I think you're going to love this book. Yeah. I think there's some fantastic truths in there. I think there's going to some things that are going to blow your head off. I think it's just going to Wait, that sounded weird. That's a weird expression. Blow your head off. Yeah. Blow knock your, your socks off. Knock your that's better. Although that's weird too. That's weird too. You start thinking too much about language and you go down a your hole. head off. It seems more possible than knocking my socks off. Right. How is that happening? Yeah. How is that happening? I don't know. That reminded me though this weekend that we were somewhere and Mason had to get dressed up and he kept yelling at me from the other room that they were babies. He doesn't like to wear socks. He's like, these are baby socks. They don't even fit. I'm like, I just bought them. So confused until we were at the event and I looked down and he had the feet. They had them on backwards. Like the ankle part was on the top of his foot. And I'm like, well, no wonder they feel like baby socks. You didn't even put them on right. No. That's how often he does not wear socks. Okay. He was confused by socks construction. Sure. I mean, everyone comes to things with their own perspective. See? And I always enjoy hearing Mason's perspective on the world. Still going to be difficult to knock those socks off. I'm just saying. I, I would like to hear once Mason discovers the existence of Goodreads, his hot take on it. Because I think he'll just have something very succinct that I will can, express what it is. I can tell you what it'll be. What? And it would just be that stupid. Why do I care? <laughs> I don't know that person. That's what right. he would be confused about. I don't know these people. Yeah. So why are... Because he also has a little... You know, he's seven. So yeah. he has a little bit of that narcissism where he's well, like, sure. why would they be telling me that? I don't even know them. Like he would take it very personally. Like they're I telling mean, me I'm not going to like this book. How yeah. do they don't know? me i mean it's a great point it is a great point. it's a great point it's a great point you gotta Let's get on go board through life it. thinking like mason mason's hot take on parades why <laughs> they're just walking and i'm supposed to watch yep i don't understand the point I, that's a good point buddy i don't either bud yeah i don't either that's he opted he out nails it yeah he just really does done. i don't want to be involved mm-hmm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All that to say, it's a real good book. <laughs> all that to say, <laughs> nor all reviews proceed. That makes me sad because people work really right? hard to get that out there. Well, and, and then I went down a hole for a while because I was so confused. Like, how could someone hate this book so much? Then I was like, are these like religious bigots? Like, who oh, are yeah, these people? Right, you know, yeah. and then, it, no, I just started reading some and it's just like, I didn't read it, but I saw this thing on Twitter and she sucks. And I'm like, okay. Wow. Wow. Seriously. Wow. Just that. Way to give a hot take, sir. (laughs) Hot take. (laughs) Way to give a hot take. I also, I can't remember what authors talked about that. And you see it more on Amazon than you do on Goodreads. But people saying like, I I gave it one star because my book came damaged. It was Chelsea G. Summers. Yes. Yes. Where she was like, why are you reviewing this? You didn't read Read it. it. Yeah. The cover was damaged. Like, that's That's not not me. That's That's not not a thing. Yeah. That's not a thing. (laughs) People are going to look at it and be like, oh, one star. I shouldn't read that. Exactly. Because the cover was crinkled. Infuriating. Yes. Okay. Well, my uh, other genre pick this week, it's a little departure for me. Oh. It would fall in like the horror. Horror? <gasps> horror? The horror <laughs> as in, wait, no, the Jewish book, the Torah, but there's something that's the horror. <laughs> oh my God. You just turned into a different person in front of my eyes I and know. I don't know. That's how much I don't read this genre. Horror. <laughs> 
horror, which is a whole different thing we'll talk about next week. Horror, horror, and or like paranormal fiction. So it is a this fiction is book. This is a departure for you. Yeah, but it's a departure. So that's why I put in the other genre. But it is fiction. Okay. It was published in 2020. It's called The Return by Rachel Harrison. Hmm. Um, Amy Gentry, when we talked to her. That's where I know it from. Yes. I, I recognize that name. Recom- okay. Or, yeah. you know, recommended it. So we've got Elise, Julie, Molly, and May, who are best friends. And okay. their lives, you know, have gone different directions. They're adults. They've moved to different places, but they still stay in touch. Until Julie disappears. She's recently gotten married, kind of very quickly. They don't know a lot about the new husband. Um, and she disappears and they don't know where she is. And all of the other friends, except for Elise, over a period of time are like, okay, she's gone. Mm-hmm. And they have a funeral for her, a memorial service. But Elise in her bones is like, I just don't feel like, I feel like I would know. But they think she's just sort of holding on because she doesn't want to face the fact that okay. their friend is gone. Yeah. Well, after two years, surprise, she reappears with no memory of what's happened over the last two years. She can't tell you where she was. She can't tell you what happened. She can't tell you anything except that she looks different. She's obviously, she's lost a lot of weight. She's got like decaying teeth. She's Ah. got a lot of like physical things. But you can tell she's trying really hard to be the old Julie. So they decide they're going to book a weekend away, these four friends, and kind of have some time with her. Maybe she'll remember some things. But either way, just get to see her again. And they all get to be together. So they book it at this inn. That's themed. Like it has different themed rooms. It's trying to get its start as like a fun place to come for a weekend. It's got a movie theater on premise. It's got a pool. It's got a restaurant, a bar. Like all. So it's going to be this great just relaxing getaway. Not too stressful. Not too many people. And then it goes south <laughs> in a lot of crazy ways. Let's just say you're going to, there's blood, there's I, murder. For horror, I would yeah, hope there's for blood. For horror, there's blood, there's murder, there's other beings. Oh. And, but at the center of it is also these friendship dynamics. Oh, of, that's cool. With the four friends and, you know, two of them maybe feeling closer than the other two and how different they all are and how you adjust when maybe you grew up in college, but now you're adults and yeah. your lives look different and they want different things and they're doing different things. So I, I loved the book for a lot of reasons. I loved all of that writing. I love the idea of pairing that kind of idea that might get that sort of chick lit. Oh, you know, yes. I'm using air quotes, even though no one can see that because mm-hmm. I hate that term. Hate but it. It would be kind of like that, but then with this horror idea, and mm-hmm. I don't read a lot of horror, so keep that in mind, but I was gripped, and it wasn't too much for me by any means, and I wasn't, you know, it was it was fascinating, and I loved the way that it was written. I, I will probably read more in that genre now because, to me, it's interesting to think of writing that way. Mm-hmm. I don't, my brain doesn't work that way. So to come up with these things that are so like otherworldly and this whole other storyline that you could wrap into something that's so realistic mm-hmm. felt really different to me. So I enjoyed it for all that. So I think if you're looking for something to maybe kind of tip into horror, if you're kind of into that paranormal a little bit, you'll really, I think, like this book. It has some mm-hmm. really interesting technique, structure, um, I love the underlying storyline because it, you know, you got this whole other thing happening at the same time. Um, it there's also this really great thread about letting go. Mm. Like when when do we know when it's okay to let go, or when is it not okay to let go? Like when should we be fighting our instinct and helping someone out? So it's fascinating. I loved it. It's a quick read. Highly recommend. Big departure for me. <laughs> but I horror, love that it- not horror. <laughs> 
I love that you discovered what I like so much about like sci-fi, sci-fi, for example, is the metaphor aspect. The fact that it can develop all these worlds and, and, you know, situations that you may not be able to relate to, but yet there's something that's metaphorical about it and related to you. And perhaps it's the focus on relationships. It's the focus on some, you know, the, mm-hmm. the when to let go. Yeah. And it sounds like that's kind of what happened in that book is Absolutely. they were able to use horror. As a metaphor. Horror. Yeah. As a metaphor. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And, you know, I think that that's one of the things that I love about doing this podcast, about talking to authors, and I hope that we're conveying is that there's so many things that you might initially think, no, I, I, I wouldn't like that. Right. Or, and I think if we didn't do this, maybe I wouldn't have broken out necessarily of some of my reading ruts. But exploring, it's just so much more. It makes you think about it in a totally different way, uh, especially... Um, if you don't normally read that genre, it can be so interesting to get into that mm-hmm. mindset and to think about someone creating something that way. I loved that part of it. I think about that a lot that before we started doing this podcast, I didn't read a lot of nonfiction. I didn't read yeah. a lot of memoirs, you know, and because we had set it up in this way that we were going to talk about all these different genres of things, I started really stretching like what I would typically read. And yeah. I'm so glad that I like I found things I would have never thought of mm-hmm. and you know, have changed me, my reading, my writing. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's terrific. Well, and I, I like the idea that we aren't just a straight across review. Like, we're yeah. not just taking this one book in itself, talking about it against all other books. It's just, it's like a, a universe of things. And this is a puzzle piece that fits for me today. Mm-hmm. And it might be something different tomorrow, which is back to the Goodreads discussion, why it's not really that valuable yeah. to say this was terrible. Right. I feel like the only time that it's valuable is to say, like, this was great. You really should try it. Exactly. Like, you know, here's someone yeah. coming from someone who doesn't normally read horror. Here's a good reason to. So basically, we're really good at this. We're so good at so this. So good at this. So good at this. <laughs> we created a new genre called horror. So erotica, watch out. Because I think it's, I'm thinking. Oh, yeah, know, like horror. a fusion. Yeah, yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Hmm. Well, pop culture. Bring in the bad bitchery. Mm-hmm. Hardcore. It's a brand new movie. came out on Netflix this week. It's called Gunpowder Milkshake. I have not even heard of this. Well, What a hold weird on. name, and hold I like on. it. Yeah. And let me start by prefacing and saying, this is not going to be an awards contender. <laughs> this is not an art film. This is not cinema. Right. This okay. is a movie that knows what it is and plays with that, which is an epic action movie featuring a huge roster of bad bitches. Nice. Yes. So Sam, the main character, she's played by Karen Gillan. And those that are in the Marvel, that love the Marvel universe, she plays Nebula. Okay. But she wears so much makeup, you may not recognize her as a regular person. Okay. Sam is a hit woman. And she Mm. is mess. She has messed up because she, she has killed the son of a mobster. Oh, uh uh-oh. So she is sent on a mission to get back in her employer's good graces. And her employer is called The Firm. Ooh. It's a group of old white dudes who are running everything. Well, I would assume because yeah. it's called the firm, right? Yeah. But on this mission that which, where she's trying to redeem herself, she finds a young girl who needs her help. So she decides to go rogue and save this young girl. Oh, there's that level of the story. Mm-hmm. Then there's another, which is that her mom Scarlet was a hit woman who disappeared when Sam was a teen. And Sam's aunts are a group of librarians who man a library which is full of assassin tools. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you who some of these people are. Hedy. Lena Hetty is the mom. She's oh. from Game of Thrones. Angela Bassett is an aunt. Michelle Yeoh is an aunt. And Carla Gugino wow. is an aunt. 
So this whole network of bad bitches gets activated to save this young girl named Emily. This is a super stylish movie. Like the aesthetics of it are just beautiful. This is violent, but this is also funny and playful. Think a a little bit Tarantino, Mm -hmm. a little bit Alias, Mm -hmm. a little bit 80s action movies. There's all of that in here. And I chose it for this theme because of all the bad bitches. Yeah. But also because most of them are older women. Like Lena Headey is 47. Angela Bassett's almost 60. Michelle Yeoh and Carla Gugino are in their 50s. And we see them all just kick ass. Love it. It's wonderful. Also, I think this was made with us in mind because the central location is this stunning library with books that hide every tool that they need. So all the exchanges are talking about books because like, oh, you need an Austin and then you open up Jane Austen and there's a weapon just for you. And oh, you need a Virginia Woolf. Open it up. There it is. And all the librarians are dressed in sort of retro outfits or menswear. I'm in. So, I think that's all we need to know. I love everything. I about think that. the tagline of this should be "Are you ready for bad bitches? Are yeah. you ready for the bad bitches?" Yes, yeah. it should be that. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's great. I just love the idea of these older women kicking yes. ass. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Well, my pop culture pick is also a movie on Netflix. Is it? It's also not an awards contender. <laughs> But damn, was it enjoyable. That's where mine was. That's where we're at, okay? This movie is called Good on Paper, and it mm. stars Eliza Schlesinger, who oh, is I've a stand-up comedian. advertised, yeah. And a market show is in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is actually the real-life, somewhat fictionalized story of Eliza and her ex, who went to Great Lakes to convince her that he was someone else. He oh committed all kinds of fraud and lies in order to be her boyfriend. Um, and... What I love about this is that she, if you read, um, if you do any research after you watch it, she explains the parts that are real and not real. But she takes on in the movie this kind of fantasy of like playing out her revenge. And it is phenomenal. It's great. It also reminded me of us because it feels like very true to life. Like we would be like, this is a great idea. And then we would start down the path and be like, what are we doing? I don't know what to do. (laughs) We should not be doing this. Why are we, but we would why have, is this guy tied up? This should not be what we're doing. But we would have tons of Excel sheets before we started anything. Yes. Yeah, we would have thought through all the scenarios. Thought through it all. Yes, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's, as you would expect, it's funny because she's a stand-up comedian. She has little bits of stand-up comedy in there that you can see that she pulled, you know, oh. where she's kind of talking about some of the things that happened. Um, it's just funny in the story. It's funny commentary on some dating it's, there's just some great supporting characters in it. It's kind of an interesting look at some of the Hollywood side, especially for a comedian that's trying to make it. And overall, you just get this idea that, like, good for you. Good for you. Like, being a bad bitch mean like, no, this is not okay. Yeah. I don't like what happened. There's also an element of it that plays out that makes you sad because you realize that that's exactly how that would go. And uh. I won't tell you which part. But so fun. It's funny. It's a quick watch. I really enjoyed it. And... I think you walk away just feeling like, yeah, she's... And I've always kind of enjoyed her stand-up mm-hmm. comedy. I've always thought that she was kind of a bad bitch in that sense. Like, she's never really cared, you know, what was said about her. Or mm-hmm. she's very open and vocal about critiques, like, who she take it from and who she won't, you oh. know. So I've always kind of thought she was a bit of a bad bitch. Yeah. But then um, good on paper just proved it. Well, this is good to know. Because I've seen it advertised. I wasn't sure if I would dig it or not. Yeah, I liked it. Who yeah. was, uh, who's the guy that plays oh the... Oh, my God. I know? cannot remember. Okay. But yeah, he's in... He's a fairly... He's a popular actor. Yeah. But I can't think of... 
And that's what's so great about it is like, and that's what they say through the movie. The whole reason it's called Good on Paper is like he's a very attractive person. Mm. He looks great on paper. He's got a great job. He's got a great family. He says all the right things. He does all the right things. It's the same trope if you will that we talk about all the time is like oh he's perfect what's wrong with you right why aren't you making this work which is such a bad bitch move to recognize yes that he's not good yes and to be like no this isn't gonna happen and you know the moment that i realized it is that she discovers that he lies about something small and she it really bothers her and uh-huh. he kind of has to come back from that and i thought gosh that th- right there kind of proves her bad bitchery because i my instinct would have been like, oh, yeah, let it's it not pass. that big of a deal. Yep, like, oh, fine. I'm making too big of a deal out of this. Right. Like, you know, we're, we're, we talk all the time about red flags, but then we teach women to ignore them. Exactly. So they actually serve no purpose because yeah. it's always us being unstable or crazy. It's always almost like a looking back, like, oh, that was a red flag and yeah. I didn't see it or I didn't act but on it. But if you had told someone at that time, like, I'm not going to date him because of this, they'd be like, okay. You're a little like, picky. listen, look how attractive he is. Yeah, look how good down. he is. He's yeah. great. You're just being particular. Ooh, okay. I like this a lot. Yeah. I'm going to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just for that, it's funny. Mm-hmm. And there's some great supporting roles in it that are even better. So Excellent. Yeah. Like I said, not a big time investment. And it's fun. That's where my head's been at lately. Yes. Sometimes you I need that. I just need some, you know, give me some Marvel Break. stuff and let's go. Yes. Yeah. Just give me some fun. This is some fun. I'm fun lady. <laughs> I don't want to be cult lady. No. I don't want to be cable guy lady. No. No, I don't. Just want to be fun lady Just want to be fun. Yeah. Just want to be recognize the red flag lady. Yeah. That's who I want to be. And heed it. And heed it. Not just recognize heed the it red flag and lady. And not then be like, no, 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 no. That's you. That's right. You're, that's, that's a reflection of you, not him. You're thinking so that's a red flag. bad bitch is believing in yourself, lady. Yes. That's it. Maybe that's what it is. Yeah. It is. It's trusting your instincts. Uh-huh. They say that all the time, but then they teach you how not to trust They teach your you not to. Yeah. Because then they say, oh, it's your feelings getting in the way. Right. You're not being logical. <sighs> Guess what? I can have feelings and be logical. It's sure possible. Can. It's possible. It is possible. It is possible. And we're good at it. Yes. Sometimes. Working on it. Working on it. Working on it. Working on 100% that bitch. 100% that bitch. I love that you mentioned that Mike brought that up just out of nowhere the other day when he thought you needed a little confidence boost. Yeah, he did. Which I'm glad you you trained Mike. I did. I did. To the the school of Lizzo. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's really fundamentally why our relationship works. And this would probably be scary to him if he heard this. He doesn't listen every week, so I feel comfortable (laughs) saying this. That... If he knew that so many times that maybe I'm a little bit annoyed or as all long-term relationships, you're like, what is happening today? And then he'll throw something in there that's so unexpected. And I'm like, God damn, you know me so well. And it just completely (laughs) writes the ship. And that was one of those times where, you know, he was like, you know what they say. You're just, you're 100% that bitch. I was like, you're "You're right. Damn it, I am. I am. Oh my God, how did I forget? (sighs) Mm Mm-hmm. He's really good at that. He must know. He knows the times. Yeah, he does. Mm -hmm. He's like, oh, I'm losing her. Better (laughs) throw out some Lizzo. (laughs) It's a smart man. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, bad bitchery. Bad bitchery. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We covered it. We should have called it. Bad bitchery. That's great. (laughs) As opposed to bad bitches. And hora. Hora. That's what you get from me. The hip new genre of hora. Hora featuring bad bitches. (laughs) 
Well, the good news is that we'll be back next week. Yeah, we will. And every Wednesday. Yeah. We will not leave you hanging. No, we will not. Bad bitches don't leave other people hanging. Bad bitches go through with what they say they're going to go through. They they follow up with their promises. They keep their promises. And we are doing that with you. If you had a bad biff, that's a different story. (laughs) She wouldn't do it. No, she wouldn't. No. But we will. We'll be back next Wednesday. We'll be back next Wednesday. And until then, happy reading. up again same night another dream before trying this recording thing i didn't remember much of anything of these dreams i didn't remember much from any of the women and one night of doing this and it's broken things open the dreams are they're in me and they're they're coming out of me and to me i am not broken i am the most whole most real Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. 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 Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor. The final evidence. The heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You. You. You hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not. That's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D Woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.